is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Well, I'm going to jump into this. Samantha B. Now, the truth is, 99.9% of the American people have no idea who Samantha B. is. I really didn't know who Samantha B is. I knew she was on the John Stewart show, sort of as a bit player from time to time, working for Comedy Central. But it wasn't that long ago when I came to this microphone and I said to you that the way this Trump family is being treated is like nothing we've ever seen in America before. Nothing. We know how Donald Trump's been treated. We know how his wife Melania's been treated. It has been unconscionable what the left and the media and the Democrats and some Republicans have done to this family. Donald Trump Jr. I've never seen a son of a president treated this way. Ivanka Trump, a beautiful young woman, happily married to a successful young man, beautiful children, religious people, not particularly conservative, but politics has nothing to do with this, and that's not my focus here. And yet far more conservative than the people who are smearing them and trying to destroy them. And uh, the left in this country, which is so ubiquitous in entertainment, TV, movies, plays, entertainment now, the media as far as I'm concerned, bad entertainment, but entertainment nonetheless. Not for us, but for the, the Democrat base. The treatment of this family is utterly and completely un-American. Un-American. The things that have been said about Ivanka Trump would never have been said about Chelsea Clinton. The things that have been said about Ivanka Trump would never have been said about either of the Obama's children, their daughters. Or anybody else's daughter, for that matter. Now, there seems to be this belief among conservatives on radio and TV, on websites and so forth, that while you don't have to defend what people say, you must say, I believe in the First Amendment, so I don't believe in boycotts and I don't believe in people being fired. And yet, what, do the, what does the left do to us? They boycott us and they seek to get us fired. For what? We don't say anything close to what the left says. 
the things that this Samantha B, this nobody, this clown, this vile, moronic human being said about Ivanka Trump with the words that she used are words that don't even enter my mind. Words that I don't even think about. So she had to seriously, because she's not intelligent to just do things off the top of her head, had to seriously think in advance about what she was going to say about Ivanka Trump. What has Ivanka Trump done to anybody? And so you go after the daughter of the President of the United States. And uh, we've bleeped it out, the relevant parts. Cut six. Go ahead. Ivanka Trump, who works at the White House, chose to post the second most oblivious tweet we've seen this week. You know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child. But let me just say one mother to another. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. He listens to you. Put on something tight and low cut and tell your father to and stop it. Tell him it was an Obama thing and see how it goes, okay? Now, <clears throat> I remember when there was real comedy in this country. I remember when we had, we had really good comedy of late night hosts. Not the clowns who are out there now, the court jesters who, who dance and sing for the left with a collective IQ of negative 14. This throwback, Samantha B. What happened to women standing up for women? What happened to feminism? Ivanka Trump is a businesswoman. She's also a mother and a wife. And she's quite successful. She's not a spoiled brat like she could be. A lot of children of very wealthy people are, but she's not. She puts her neck on the line. She's promoting policies, which some of you agree with and some of you disagree with. But she's conducted herself in a very classy way. And quite frankly, so is her husband. And so is her husband. This isn't about politics with me. It's not about this issue or that issue with me. This, this is about the attempt to character assassinate this entire family and anybody associated with this family. This is the conduct of totalitarians, of tyrants. Samantha B is just a dancing clown. She's representative of what the Democrat Party leadership has become, of what the media have become, of what our college professors and our, and our public school teachers have become. You either go along or they're going to destroy you, just like they want to destroy talk radio, they want to destroy the Fox News channel. I mean, there aren't many conservative outlets out there, but they have to destroy them. They were counting on the third term of Obama through Hillary Clinton. And the third term of Bill Clinton. And you and I, and certainly the Trump family, stop them. Well, you're not allowed to stop them. When you have the mindset of the radical progressives, which is a mindset of tyrants. That's what it is. That's what it is. Now this fool, this Samantha B, should be banned from television. TBS 
is apparently the network that hires her and pays her TBS. Now, she's apologized since then, but so what? Roseanne Barr apologized too. So what? Roseanne Barr is out. But Samantha B hangs on. Roseanne Barr is out. But Joy Reid hangs on. Roseanne Barr is out. But Al Sharpton works for MSNBC. How do you explain this? It's very simple. If you're a leftist, you can be a bigot. You can be a homophobe. You can be a misogynist. You can be like the Attorney General of New York. The former Attorney General of New York. The great secret, which wasn't a secret, was he abused women? He beat women? You could be Ted Kennedy and Chappaquiddick and be called the line of the Senate by Republicans. You could be President Kennedy, God rest his soul, who had affairs with East German spies and mob girls and all the rest of it. You could be LBJ. And have the foulest mouth and abuse women left and right. And you could be celebrated as heroes. Donald Trump. Donald Trump has not abused his office. Donald Trump has not abused his office. And the irony here is he's demonstrated himself to be quite the family man. Mark, what do you mean? You got Stormy down? Excuse me. He wants his daughter to be involved in policymaking because... She's loyal to him, he's loyal to her, and he trusts her as he has trusted her in his business life. He wants his son-in-law near him, giving him advice, because he knows his son-in-law well, has trusted him in the business world, and wants him near him. Not like Obama, who couldn't wait to get the hell out of the White House and run off with Joe Biden. And on and on and on. I just think this is appalling. Absolutely appalling what's being done to the first family here. And the lib media, the Praetorian Guard radical media, which does not defend freedom of the press. It eviscerates freedom of the press. It abuses freedom of the press. It weakens freedom of the press. This media will try and put this behind us as fast as it possibly can. The way it put this Eric Schneiderman behind us as fast as it possibly could. The way it took the, the slip and fall pawn lawyer and pulled him off TV because even a judge found him, uh, was starting to trash him and they said, we've we, we distance ourselves. You know, 7,000 uh, uh, appearances on CNN and MSNBC might be enough. They call this president racist. There is nothing in his background. Nothing. That suggests he's a racist. Nothing. Coming from Democrats, the party of racism, the party of slavery, the party of segregation, the party of Jim Crow, the party of poll taxes. The party of the Klan, as a matter of fact. They say he's anti-immigrant. He married an immigrant. His mother was an immigrant. 
not anti-immigrant. His proposal on DACA, which I strongly disagree with, goes much further than Obama ever did. He'd make 1.8 million people who are here illegally and people who will come here citizens. Obama never even thought about proposing that. Never thought about proposing that. And he's done many things like this. There is no evidence that he's a racist. There's no evidence that he's anti-immigrant. None whatsoever. Right, Shep? Just want to make sure. Maybe you want to do a story on this. He's a president. The day he stepped into the Oval Office was under investigation. That has never happened before. Never. The traps were set before he entered the Oval Office by very powerful men and women in the Obama administration. The traps were set to destroy this man. And he is a strong man. Can you imagine waking up every day to this? Somebody talking about your daughter this way? Somebody trashing your wife? Your sons? Your youngest son? For what? What exactly has Donald Trump done that deserves this kind of poisonous hate? Day in and day out. Endless propaganda. Media organizations that own CNN and MEC and MSNBC media organizations that own the New York Times and the Washington Post. That's all they are, ladies and gentlemen. You understand, right? They're corporations. They're corporations. Who have spent tens of billions of dollars on their media platforms to character assassinate not just the president, but his family to try and destroy them. He's mentally ill, don't you know? He's a sex fiend, don't you know? He's a conspiracy nut, don't you know? He's a Russian operative, don't you know? Who are the conspiracy nuts here, ladies and gentlemen? The left. And they are filled with hate. Dripping, poisonous hate. And you can see when they start to target people like Sean Hannity. They want to know all about his real estate dealings. The Washington Post, the New York Times, the Democrats, CNN, MSNBC. Why? Why do they care? Talk radio. We got to get rid of talk radio. All the poison that comes from talk radio. Fox. Can't have Fox. And then there's Sinclair that wants to create a conservative network. We got to kill that before it gets, you know, before it gives birth. Got to kill it. Samantha B needs to go. And we need to get tougher. We need to get tougher, we conservatives. This isn't about free speech. She's a low life. She is a low life. She's not entertaining. She's not substantive. She is a vile nothing. That's what she is. She isn't even a footnote to anything. And it's about damn time that we stand up to this. I'll be right back. Mark We've heard a lot of warmed-over BS 
about this uh, phony investigation that's been going on interminably of Trump world. Not the Russians. That's a joke. Trump world. And we've been fed propaganda left and right by the Democrat leadership, by the media, and some of the knuckleheads in the Republican Party. That's what they are. They're stupid. That's you, Trey, among others. Here's James Comey on March 20, 2017, at the House Select Intelligence Committee hearing, on uh, the committee on which Trey Gowdy sits, on whether or not the investigation includes the Trump campaign. Cut one, go. I have been authorized by the Department of Justice to confirm that the FBI, as part of our counterintelligence mission, is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. And that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government, and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's efforts. Now, I don't know if Trey Gowdy's hard of hearing or Marco Rubio's hard of hearing. Individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's efforts. You get the point? That's the former director of the FBI. At that point, he was the head of the FBI. I just wanted to remind Trey Gowdy and the senior judicial analyst and, of course, Shep. We'll be right back. Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. One more time, as if we didn't know that the Trump campaign was under investigation as opposed to the Russians. James Comey, March 20, 2017. Cut one, go. I have been authorized by the Department of Justice to confirm that the FBI, as part of our counterintelligence mission, is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. And that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government, and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's efforts. Now, I I don't, you know, to have a fool like Trey Gowdy get out there and make the comments he made and Molly Hemingway over at the Federalist, (laughs) she makes clear that all this talk about uh, Trey Gowdy having access to classified information, and he knows, he has the evidence, and so he knows more than Mark and Andy and uh, this one and that one. Uh, No, he doesn't. He didn't have access to the evidence. He was briefed. The vast majority of documents that have been subpoenaed have not been provided to members of Congress. And in fact, his office didn't even know what documents had been subpoenaed by the House Intelligence Committee. That's why a Trey Gowdy needs to be questioned by somebody like me. As do others who go on and on and tell us that this Stephen Halper, this professor, wasn't a spy. He's a spy by every definition of a spy. Go look it up in the Oxford Dictionary. And as you know, based on what I said yesterday, a lot of people are repeating it today, and they should. The difference between a criminal investigation, a counterintelligence investigation... An informant on the criminal side, okay, fine. A spy is on the counterintelligence side. But this Professor Halper, if he wasn't a spy, what was he? Who was he reporting to? Who was he giving the information to? Did Comey not just say here that they were investigating the Trump campaign and its association with this, that, and the other? Yes, he did. 
the Trump campaign. The Trump campaign. They used to be excited about this. They used to leak about it, as we talked about over a year ago. Oh, there's a FISA warrant involving the Trump campaign. Oh, and the Trump campaign colluded, and the Trump campaign this, and the Trump campaign that. Now it's, uh, who said it was the Trump campaign? We're investigating the Russians. Every time we get closer and closer to the motherload here, to the police state tactics that were used to spy on, to spy on a campaign of the other party than the party that was in power. They changed the language, they changed the arguments, and you'll notice, you can't tell the Democrats from the media or the media from the Democrats. They all say the same thing. Exactly the same thing. And then they hear them lecture us and tell us that because of Trump, freedom of the press is in danger. Trump hasn't done anything to the press. The press, so-called, has done it to itself. It's not a press. It's a Democrat media operation. What is the difference between Jake Tapper and Adam Schiff? Nothing. What is the difference between Don Lemon and Nancy Pelosi in terms of politics? Nothing. What is the difference? You name them between one or the other. Nothing. Nothing. And they all hate Trump. They hate the Trump family. They would love nothing more. Nothing more than this to be Italy in the 1930s or actually the 1940s. Nothing more than to see Donald Trump hanging from a telephone pole by his foot, naked. That's what they'd love to see. Or being taken out like Gaddafi. They'd have a blast. Oh, imagine what Samantha B would say then. This is not normal politics, ladies and gentlemen. And the never-Trumpers can blame Trump all they want. They're wrong. They're wrong. He's helped expose the left in this country. They're wrong. He rarely takes a gives the first punch. He reacts. Well, that's very unpresidential. Oh, really? But Obama there, he was presidential. Unleashing the intelligence services and the FBI. And I'm sick of him hiding in the shadows. Like he's responsible for nothing. Who the hell was the president of the United States when all this was going on? And as I've told you many times, as a matter of fact, a long time ago. This is not only about destroying Donald Trump and his family. What else is it about? Protecting Barack Obama. Because the Obama regime, as it turns out, was the most lawless regime in presidential history. Let me repeat that so the liberals can hear it. I'll even say it slowly. The Obama regime is the most lawless administration in American history. The most lawless. The way it has used our intelligence services, the way it has used the FBI and the Department of Justice, the way it used the Internal Revenue Service, the way this president legislated by presidential fiat repeatedly, 
The way this president, that is Obama, lied to us. They talk about Trump as a liar. Hey, if you like your doctor, you can keep her or him. Hey, you're going to get $2,500 off on your health care. Hey, if you like your insurance plan, you can keep it. Hey, hey, what? Liars. As they destroyed our health care system. Hey, this Iran deal, yeah. It's not a treaty, it's just a deal. And what's the problem? It's a great deal. It's going to prevent the Iranians from having nuclear warheads for at least a decade and beyond. Liars! Liars. Barack Obama was a wrecking ball to this republic. Fundamental transformation. What have I said a thousand times? If you love something, you revere something. You don't want to fundamentally transform it. Your wife, your mother, your father. You don't want to fundamentally transform them. You want to fundamentally support them and embrace them. Obama never did this with this country. He put us down. He put us down overseas. But Obama, listen up. Obama was in charge in many respects of police state activities, of domestic surveillance. Yes, Shep, of a spy. The abuse of the FISA court. The unmasking of American citizens. Each one is shocking enough. Uh, enough. Together, it's a strategy. Together, it's a strategy. And the one man who's asked nothing is Barack Obama. Mueller threatens to subpoena Donald Trump and bring him in front of a federal grand jury and he wants questions. Trump is the victim. And they've interviewed his family. And they've interviewed his campaign staff. And they've interviewed his transition staff. And they've interviewed his White House staff. And they're going over to Israel and Qatar and uh, this place. Oh, they're all over the place, these Mueller guys. But they can't find Obama, apparently. I've got questions for Obama. When did you know that the Russians were interfering with our election? Why did you keep it secret from certain members of Congress? Why did you keep it secret from the American people so long? What did you order your FBI to do, your CIA to do, your National Intelligence Director to do? What did you order any of them to do in order to protect this nation from Russian interference? Susan Rice's role in telling your cybersecurity team to keep their mouth shut and not, and not present you with any options. What was that all about? How about your unmasking by your National Security Council, by your UN ambassador? What about that? What about the leaking from Comey and the leaking from the deputy director of the FBI? Are you aware of any of that? How about the dossier? When did you first learn about that? Did you and Hillary Clinton ever talk about it? Did you know the Hillary Clinton campaign paid for it, as did the Democrat National Committee? When did you learn about that? Tell us about your communications with the Russians. Tell us about your wife's communications with the Russians. Tell us about your children's communications with the Russians. If it's good enough for Trump, it's good enough for you, Obama. You were in power when this was taking place. This is all intended to destroy Trump and protect Obama. These are Obama holdovers. Clapper, Brennan, Comey, McCabe, even Mueller. Obama holdovers. Mueller worked. 
for Obama as the FBI director. But he's a Republican. Who the hell cares? That's supposed to dismiss it. Oh, he's a re- oh well, then I'm wrong about everything. Oh, Republican. All of a sudden, Republican means something. Oh, he's a Republican. Whoa, my goodness. So is Jeff Flake. So what? He's got his sharp knives out for Trump, and he's a Republican. Like we're idiots. Like we don't understand what's going on. Just put a label on Republican. Oh, okay. Turn away. Look elsewhere. Move along. This is not only about destroying Trump and his family. It's about protecting Obama and his legacy. They want to protect his fundamental transformation of America, but even more. But even more, if you peel the onion all the way, you're going to find out what kind of a president Barack Obama really was. With his police state tactics. Why do you think Brennan says what he says on social media and on TV? Why do you think Clapper says what he says on social media and TV? Why do you think Comey's out there doing what Comey's doing? And on and on and on. Why do you think Mueller's on the hunt? Because they're all Obamaites. That's why. Just like the media. The media were trying to help Hillary Clinton get elected. The media were always in Barack Obama's back pocket, even while he was surveilling some of them who wouldn't fall in line. That's what happens when you have a cult of personality and you have it in our media. These people aren't protecting freedom of the press. They don't even know what freedom of the press means. I'll be right back. By the way, I will be on Fox and Friends tomorrow morning. I'm not sure what time, but I will be on Fox and Friends tomorrow morning. You know... If you shower or brush your teeth or try to make your hair look presentable, here's some good news. Dollar Shave Club has a lot of stuff to help you out. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, everything. All of Dollar Shave Club's products are made with top-shelf ingredients that won't break your budget. You'll feel the difference. Plus, shipping is free with your membership. And here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just five bucks, you can get their Daily Essentials Starter Set. Comes with Amber, Lavender, Calming Body Cleanser, their world-famous Shea Butter, and their Best Razor, the Six Blade Executive, which is what I have. Keep the blades coming for a few more bucks a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. It'll just come to your door when you need it. And it's just so incredibly convenient, and the products are really top shelf. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mark, dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. Next hour, we've got a lot to cover, actually. But next hour, I want to talk to you about trade. I know, your eyes are on trade for crying out loud. Really? When's the last time you went to the grocery store, the supermarket? When's the last time you bought something? Today, right? Yesterday, the day before? Well, that's what trade is all about. Trade is part of capitalism. 
Trade is part of freedom. Individual freedom. So I want to talk to you about that. Be strong. We can do this, you know. Some of you will be very angry with me. Some of you will agree with me. But that's the nature of the beast. Not only of talk radio and conservatism, but liberty. And uh, I have something to say about these trade tariffs, which you will not hear in most other places. But I hold firm to liberty, and I hold firm to the principles this nation was founded on, and I hold firm to the principles that make this country work, the wealthiest country on the face of the earth, and consequently the strongest country on the face of the earth. Kelly, Denver, Colorado, the great KU, excuse me, KNUS, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Lovely. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you for taking my call, and thank you for being such a great American. (laughs) Well, I work Um, at it. Thank you. I just wanted to say um, about the Samantha B comment, no one's even commented on the fact that um, she insinuated that President Trump and Ivanka have incestuous relationships. Yes. And to me, that is far worse than being called the C-word. And by the way, did you notice the audience was lapping it up, how they left? Uh, well, I only heard clips from this kind of radio. That's not my show. <laughs> No, no, it's not my show either. I've heard it on the clip. Mr. Producer, you want to play it again, please, for the nation? Go ahead. Ivanka Trump, who works at the White House, chose to post the second most oblivious tweet we've seen this week. You know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child. But let me just say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless c***. He listens to you. Listen, hold on. Listen to the audience. Listen to this audience. Go ahead. Something tight and low cut and tell your father to f***ing stop it. Tell yeah, him and that, that is what the caller's talking about in terms of the incestuous uh, uh, relationship. Is that correct, ma'am? Yeah, it's, it actually is the part after that where she said to put something low cut and then um, and, and tight on. Yeah, I played that. I just played it. It's part of it. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about. And you're quite right. It's disgusting. And uh, I, I, and these people are laughing and it's on a uh, it's on T. What is it? TBS, Mr. Producer. I mean, and she will not be fired. Thank you for your call. And I was telling Mr. Producer during one of the breaks, I said, can you imagine if I came on the radio and I said what this clown said about Chelsea Clinton or about any of Obama's daughters, either of them? Can you imagine? Do you think my broadcast company would stand behind me? Do you think my affiliates would stand behind me? Do you think my advertisers would stand behind me? No, not for a second. Not for a second. And yet, this Samantha B, if that is her name, I don't know what the B stands for. Oh, it's B-E-E. Is that how you spell it? Okay, Samantha B. Nothing. I apologize. And TBS comes out and says, she did the right thing by apologizing. Excuse me? And Roseanne Barr's out? Well, that's different. Why? That was about race. Well, why is it different? She's out. Samantha B should be out. And quite frankly, Joy Reid should be out. If this is the test, if this is the way it goes, and this is the way it goes. 
it's just appalling. As much contempt as I had for Barack Obama's policies, for his eviscerating the United States military, for his trashing America overseas, I would never say words like this about him or his wife or his children. I'm sorry. Samantha B. needs to go. And uh, good job, you clapping seals in her audience. Boy, oh boy. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, I've asked Mr. Producer to come on the air, Rich Cementa, the great Rich Cementa, and our great call screener, Richie V. Uh, Rich Cementa, you told me during the break something's going on. What are you talking about? seems like there's a coordinated effort on Facebook, Twitter, and now the calls to discredit you and call your names and... Discredit me for what? I don't know. They're just saying you're wrong on everything and you're... Insert uh, you're saying we're here. being... We're being uh, overwhelmed with this sort of stuff? Yeah, kind of attacked. And what are they calling me? Lots of curse words and lots of uh, anti-Semite words. Curse words? So it must be the left. Has to be. Because we get this from time to time, these campaigns, don't we? About every six months or so. Yeah, you see them. They come in in droves. Are they trying to call into the program, too? Yes. All right, put on Richie V for a second. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. First time. It's our good man, our call screener. You're getting a lot of nasty uh, calls? It's terrible, sir. Anti-Semitic type calls? Definitely. Talking about your your religious heritage, talking about your intellectual All right, ability. Enough. All right. I appreciate it, Richie. So that's what happens when you stand up to the thugs. That's what happens when you stand up to the thugs. And I will always stand up to the thugs on the left. Always. I always have and I always will. They don't intimidate us. And uh, I'm I'm always fascinated when people say they get death threats. What do I mean by fascinated? Well, it's horrible. But a public figure like me behind a microphone who simply stands up for his country and gives his opinion about the Constitution and liberty and events that are going... I get these death threats. It's really it's pretty sick. It's very sick. And they have to be investigated, you know, by the local police and sometimes uh, more than that. Oh, yes, I get them. We get them. But look at the hate. There's nothing I've said. And by the way, I don't, I'm not afraid of any of it. But look at the hate. When you call out the haters or when you defend this president, and the character assassination that goes on. This is what I mean. I blame entities like Wikipedia. You look at my Wikipedia posting there, it is disgusting what they write. You wouldn't even know it's me. Or when you go to Media Matters and you look what they write about me, it's disgusting. Or any of these left-wing blogs. I'm not whining, trust me. I'm just telling you what we live with here on the Mark Levin Show, Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener, and so forth. We have to work hard to get the right callers. 
If we didn't screen the calls, it would be constant anti-Semitism, constant curse words. This is what we, we, we have to deal with. And I, in particular, apparently seem to attract this kind of hate. But I don't know what they think they're doing. It just makes me more motivated. If that's even possible. I wake up in the morning motivated. I go to bed at night motivated. I want to talk about this pardon of Dinesh D'Souza. I posted on this and I spoke briefly about it, but I want to speak about it at more length. This president gave a full pardon, or is, to Dinesh D'Souza. Can you think of any other Republican who would be president of the United States who would have the guts to do that? I can't. I mean, Scooter Libby didn't even get a full pardon from George W. Bush, the never-Trumper's favorite president. And he worked for Dick Cheney and George W. Bush, and he was set up by another prosecutor. This president, Trump, gave him a full pardon. And the Bushies out there should be thanking him, but of course they don't. This president is or has, I'm not up to speed to the last second or two, Dinesh D'Souza. Now there's no question Dinesh D'Souza violated federal campaign laws. There's also no question that they threw the book at him. That he went to prison for almost two years. And what he pled to was giving money to certain individuals to donate to a campaign of a friend of his who was running, I believe her name was Wendy Sherman, or Wendy Long, um, who's running for the Senate against Schumer. Apparently he did it twice. Typically, that's the kind of case where it's pled down to maybe a misdemeanor, there's a fine, there is... Um, you know, a real black mark on your record. Maybe, uh, you know, six months. Not in prison. But you could trigger a prison and so forth. And yet they threw the book at him. And we all know why, because of who he is. Because of who he is. Hillary Clinton roams freely despite her serious serial violations of the Espionage Act. But Dinesh D'Souza goes to prison. Roseanne Barr is fired, and quite frankly should have been. Samantha Bee lives on. Joy Reid lives on. So the president is going to or has given a full pardon to Dinesh D'Souza. Now, the left-wing, radical, former U.S. attorney. The hell's his name? I can never pronounce it. Help me out, Mr. Producer. Preet Bahara. Buddies with Comey. Buddies with Mueller. Buddies with uh, the wrong crowd. Thinks he did the right thing. Let me remind you of something. The pardon power is in the Constitution. You know why it's in the Constitution? Because the framers of the Constitution wanted the president to play a role in the justice system. That's why it's there. Now, he hasn't pardoned somebody who leaked massive amounts of classified information. 
um, like Obama did. Drug dealers. Uh, Trump hasn't done that. No. And so uh, the kook left is at it again. The kook left is at it again. What they're claiming now is that Trump is signaling. Listen to this. Trump is signaling uh, people who are involved in the Mueller investigation that keep your mouth shut because he'll pardon them too. Uh, There are idiot sites like the Huffington Post, among others. Idiots all over the place making this point. Now, the President of the United States will decide whether he pardons these people or not. Maybe he should, as a matter of fact. Maybe he should. Again, he's part of the justice system. That's why the pardon power is in the Constitution. That's not an accident. They thought about it, they argued over it, and they agreed to it. At the Constitutional Convention and in the Ratification Conventions. But again, this is just one of those things this president did, as he did with Scooter Libby, that I don't think other presidents would do. In fact, in fact, in the case of Scooter Liberty, they didn't. George W. Bush didn't step up the plate, didn't have the guts, the political guts to do it. And Scooter Libby deserved a pardon. And Dinesh D'Souza deserves a pardon because of the way he was treated. And the left is out there with their conspiracy theories. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You look at the, how the media and the Democrats treat Republican and conservative women or women associated with this president. Look at the way they treat, of course, Ivanka Trump and Melania Trump. Look at the way they treat Sarah Sanders at that correspondence dinner. Look at the way they treat Sarah Palin, even now. It's a long list of the misogynists on the left and in the media. And that's perfectly fine. These phony feminist groups never come to their defense. The disgusting anti-free press press never come to their defense. As a matter of fact, they give voice to these attacks. And then you have these putrid, renegade Republicans who now are hosts on MSNBC. For a few bucks, they'll sell out. Repeat the same garbage. Pretty disgusting. All right, I want to talk about tariffs. The president today slapped tariffs on steel and aluminum imports from Canada, Mexico, and the European Union, and it is absolutely outrageous. It's one thing to deal with China, which flat out steals our technology and does everything possible not to play by the rules, not to play by the book. China is an enemy state. China is building up its military to threaten us and our allies. Not the same with Canada, Mexico, and the European Union. And this is not an America first economic decision. 
We have over at the Commerce Department a guy by the name of Wilbur Ross who's made billions from protectionism, from favoritism, from special deals involving the federal government and tariffs and bailouts and subsidies. That's right. These tariffs are a disgrace. Now, if you think they're so cool, you need to understand that they're going to drive up the cost to you of steel and aluminum. Now, you don't go out and buy steel and aluminum, but you buy the end products that are made of steel and aluminum. Perhaps you have an automobile. Perhaps you have a pickup truck. Perhaps you drive an 18-wheeler. Well, that's going to affect you. Perhaps you're building a home. Perhaps you're buying a home. Well, that's going to affect you. Think about all the things that contain steel and aluminum. So the president's putting, as I understand it, a 25% tariff on them. Now, when he puts a 25% tariff on these products that are imported into the United States, you do understand, right, that citizens of other countries aren't paying it. Our citizens, you and me, we're paying it. The goal is to drive up the cost of steel and aluminum and the products that are made from steel and aluminum in order to discourage you, the American citizen, the American consumer, from purchasing them. But if you choose to defy the president and his tariffs, you will pay a significant increase for your toasters, for your washing machines, for your dryers, for your dishwashers, for your refrigerators, for your automobiles, for your homes. Your HVAC systems, you just think about it. And I haven't heard our buddy Larry Kudlow either, Mr. Libertarian, free market. I'm sure there'll be some kind of spin. Instead, they put this clown Navarro out there, Mr. Protectionist, and this clown uh, Wilbur, Wilbur, Wilbur Ross. And I'm sick and tired of conservatives on TV and radio with websites and blogging who don't speak out for liberty, who don't speak out for capitalism. No, the Canadians aren't ripping us off. No, the Mexicans aren't ripping us off. No, the European Union's not ripping us off. We buy these products because we want them. The reason you shop for certain types of prices when you buy high price items like automobiles is because you want the best price for the buck. It does not help our American families, our communities in this country. When we put a gratuitous, massive tax of 25% on what we purchase in order to supposedly punish these other countries. And it's going to get worse. Again, I have no problem dealing with China, Russia, Iran, North Korea this way. Because those are national security issues. Now we're damn lucky we have Canada on our northern border. If we were Israel, we've had Hezbollah on our northern border. And as big of a pain in the ass as the Mexican government is, and it is, how it has destroyed our immigration system and our southern wall. They don't have 150,000 rockets aimed at us either. But it's not just Wilbur Ross and Navarro, these outliers. It's the president. He strongly believes in this stuff. It's not make America first when you're driving up the cost to American families. Because that's what you're doing. You're not saving American jobs. And I'll tell you what else comes from this. Inflation. People on pensions. People on Social Security. 
people with fixed incomes. Inflation is a killer. And we've had inflation under control now for probably the longest period in modern American history. Now, these other countries, they're not going to sit still for this. They never do. How do we know? Because we lived with this kind of uh, economic stuff before. He does smart things like cut taxes, although not enough on individuals, that's for sure. He does smart things like cut regulations, and then he turns into Bernie Sanders when it comes to trade. I'm talking about trade with allies. And then we have this from CNBC. Major U.S. trading partners wasted little time today striking back against a White House move to slap steel and aluminum tariffs on Canada, Mexico, and the European Union. So what are they going to do? Well, Mexico, which is our third largest trading partner, said it's going to penalize U.S. imports, including pork bellies, apples, grapes, cheeses, and flat steel. So they're going to jack up the prices on their citizens in order to punish us. And what happens? Well, what happens in a country like Mexico, which is pretty dirt poor, People in our country who produce pork bellies, apples, grapes, cheeses, and flat steel with our third largest trading partner, they're going to suffer. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. This is flat-out protectionism. Our second biggest trade partner, by the way, is Canada. Canada. And they already responded with dollar-for-dollar tariffs against American steel and aluminum exports. And they're not done. None of these countries are done. Wow, we can push them, we can do this, we can do... Excuse me. Think about it in your own life. There's a handful of industries in this country that get these special protections. I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend, but the truth hurts sometimes. The steel industry, the aluminum industry, some of these other industries, believe it or not, For 40 years, they've gotten protection. And for 40 years, guys like Wilbur Ross have made a fortune off the American taxpayer. Because he knows, as a crony capitalist, how to work Washington and tariffs. Wrap yourself in the American people. Wrap yourself in the American worker. You know how you create more jobs? 25 million of them? You unleash the American economy, and that means more than tax cuts. That's one one thing to treat your enemies this way, but it's quite another to treat other trading partners. But look at the unbalance in trade here. Unbalance in trade. You know how you get a balance in trade? You become a dirt poor country that doesn't have enough money to import crap. That's how you become. You get a balance in trade. I'll be right back. Conservative Movement's Stimulus Package. Call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. All right. Just uh, messing around here with my uh, computer. All right. I pulled him up on my iPhone, Mr. Producer. Now, let's think this through a little bit because a number of industries and families and communities are going to be harmed by this in the United States. In the United States. Um, 
Among the other products that the European Union is going to raise tariffs on, jewelry products, bourbon whiskey, automotive glass, telecom equipment, uh, personal care products, um, among other things, uh, even American-made blue jeans. It's a lot of jobs and a lot of industries uh, that are going to be affected by this. Meanwhile, we're putting tariffs 25% on steel, 10% on aluminum across the board with Canada, Mexico, and the European Union. These are supposed to be our allies, not, not China. And as I said earlier, Mexico, our third largest trading partner, is going to hammer our agriculture, essentially. Agriculture. They're also, uh, the European Union, are going to hit uh, peanut butter and motorcycles and many other uh, related issues. I already said the Mexican government said they're going to hit pork bellies, apples, grapes, cheeses, and flat steel. Now, I often hear uh, people who are basically economic ignoramuses. Uh, and uh, if the shoe if the uh, shoe fits, you know whatever. But they'll say things like, "We have a major trade deficit, hundreds of billions of dollars." Well, why do we have a trade deficit? Does anybody know why we have a trade deficit? We have a trade deficit because you folks spend money on products that are imported into the country, and the money is then transferred outside the country. The dollars are transferred outside the country. So you can have what they're producing. Uh, Maybe it's raw material that we don't even have in this country in abundance. It's hard to know. If we had a perfect trade balance, please hear me out. If we had a perfect trade balance in this country, that is, we had no trade deficit and it was equal with the rest of the world. That means 200, 300, 600 billion dollars worth of trade deficit. That means that those things that were purchased in our country by the consumer, by manufacturers, by producers, or whatever they are, of computers, of automobiles, and so on, everything's not uh, native to our country. That means that somewhere, somehow, 600 billion dollars worth of sales would have to stop. Now, if there are trade deals that are bad, then fix the trade deals. But don't punish the American people. You're punishing the American people. You're protecting certain industries that have had too much protection as far as I'm concerned. And you'll hear them call here certain people and they'll whine and whine about, oh, this, that, and that. Because what they really have a problem with is technological growth, capitalism, competition, and so forth and so on. That's the real problem. And uh, it's just very, very foolish. You put pressure on inflation, which is under control right now, but once it's out of control, man, people aren't going to be able to afford cars and houses and loans of any kind, and people on fixed incomes or or basic incomes are going to have difficulty making ends meet. And what happens is medical costs go up, food costs go up, fuel costs go up, housing costs go up, but your paycheck or your pension can't keep up. And that 
genie has been in the bottle for decades now. Once Ronald Reagan killed it. But that genie can come out of the bottle with foolish federal government decisions, administration decisions. You have two of the worst people possible advising the president. Wilbur Ross and this Peter Navarro guy. They're outliers. They're outliers. And of course the president is very stubborn about this. Again, I have no problem in dealing with China this way. I have a big problem in dealing with our allies this way. Because it hurts you and me. It hurts our neighbors. It hurts the American citizen, the American consumer. Don't be fooled by this. This is the same thing Bernie Sanders pushes for. This is the same thing the big unions in this country, not all of them, but the big uh, private sector unions, which are really on their last legs. This is what they've been pushing for. And now they're going to get it from a Republican president, and I'm sure the uh, Democrats in Congress and some of the Republicans will be very excited about this. This is anti-individualism. This is anti-liberty. This is anti-property rights. It's anti-capitalism. Well, Mark, tariffs are in the Constitution. Tariffs are in the Constitution as a way to raise money for the federal government. If you were to say to me, we'll get rid of the 16th Amendment, but we'll keep the tariffs, that would be fine by me. That would be fine by me. But instead what we have is the 16th Amendment and tariffs and excise taxes. Let me put it to you this way. When you put a 25% tariff on steel, which could equate to a 50% increase in a product or whatever it is, or a 10% tariff on aluminum, same thing. In order to protect certain employees and certain businesses while you're punishing other employees and other businesses and, the, and all consumers in America. If that created wealth, then why not have a 100% tariff on steel? If that created wealth and saved jobs and strengthened American manufacturing, why 25% tariff on steel? It seems so miserly. Have a 100% tariff on steel. Boy, you'll really drive them nuts then. How about a a 50% tariff on aluminum? As a matter of fact, if this saves jobs, creates jobs, creates wealth, and is America first, why not have a 100% tariff on everything? Why just steal an aluminum? Why should they be preferred to every other industry? Put a 100% tariff on, on everything that comes into this country. Or a 50% tariff at least. That will really be a strong, vibrant economic juggernaut. Every drop of oil that we import into this country put a 100% tariff on it. Now it'll drive up the price of gasoline through the roof and heating oil through, but it's good, right? It'll help us with our balance of trade. Put a 100% tariff on all foodstuffs that we import into this country. And we do import some foodstuffs into this country. Go ahead and put a 100% tariff on there. See what happens. Create all kinds of wealth, all kinds of new farmers. It is foolish to do this. Very foolish to do this. You know, nobody's really talked about this. You know what the GDP growth was last quarter? Did you read this, Mr. Producer? It was 2.2%. That's Obama territory. 
with the tax cuts. Nobody's talking about this. And I have a great concern about this politically. There's a handful of issues that the people really care about. Washington and all the rest, that's a different issue. This one being investigated, that one. They, there's a handful of issues that resonate across the country. Number one is the economy. Number two is national security. Number three is immigration. If the economy is flat, if the economy is flat and people feel it in their pocketbooks and in their wallets, and if the price of basic goods are going up, the president, the Republicans, can lose this midterm election. And he could lose his presidency in a few years. Bill Clinton beat George H.W. Bush by insisting that we were in a terrible recession, even though we were in a mild recession, if a recession at all. But he convinced people of that. But I just want you to think about it. The price of automobiles go up, appliances of every kind, home ownership, and then inflation starts to kick up. Uh, That'll be a disaster. You can argue whatever you want. That'll be a disaster. And these kinds of heavy-handed tariff policies, where these other countries are not going to sit still, are going to affect certain communities, certain families, certain businesses, and our own country. In addition to driving up prices across the board. We've seen this in the past. We've seen it in the past. We saw it in the lead up to the depression. I'm not saying we'll have a depression, but we're certainly not going to have an explosion of economic growth. Tariffs don't create an explosion of economic growth. They never have and they never will. And don't get caught up in the political propaganda that this is America first. America first is capitalism. America first is private property rights. America first is liberty and individualism. And if there is a dangerous country screwing around with us, that's one thing. You don't trade with them economically like they're not a threat, like China. But Canada? Canada, really? And a handful in the European Union? Big deal. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, folks, it's no secret that I love my Casper mattress. Pitt apparently loves me, too, because it feels great. Their engineers have done a marvelous job creating an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience. It's made uh, falling into bed a whole lot easier. It's, it's a really new experience, and I'm not kidding. That's why we have so many of them in the Levin household. Get a Casper, and you'll understand why it's not just my favorite mattress. It's actually the Internet's favorite mattress, too. Casper has three unique mattresses to help you sleep cool and comfortably year-round. The Wave is engineered to relieve pressure at 36 different points. The original Casper is more breathable and comfortable than ever. And the essential is innovation at a great price point. All mattresses are designed to coddle and comfort your every move, and they do. Plus, provide the perfect support for every position you sleep in, and they do. Discover why Casper has hundreds of thousands of happy customers like me, like my family. Try your Casper mattress for 100 nights in your own home with free shipping and returns. 
There is no risk here, folks. So go to Casper.com slash Mark and use code Mark to save $50 on the purchase of select mattresses. That's Casper.com slash Mark, code Mark, to save $50. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. Casper.com slash Mark, code Mark. Now, if you've been on my uh, social sites, you see my X chair. I told you I would post it. It's not only really cool looking, I'm telling you, you know, you, you know I had some back problems with my disc. I still have a problem. The disc is removed, so it's bone on bone, but whatever. It is the most comfortable chair I've ever had. I sit in chairs all the time, all day long, three hours on radio. When I'm writing books, when I'm researching books, when I'm doing other business activities, I sit in this chair. I just got this chair. It is an unbelievable chair. Now, this is my favorite place to sit. It's not on the car. It's not on my special chair, which I have in our family room. It's not on the sofa. No, it's this chair. It's at my desk since this new amazing X chair arrived. The X chair is not only the most modern and stylish piece of furniture I have, uh, but it's uh, luxuriously comfortable. It molds itself to your body, to my body, giving me ideal posture. Now, that in turn gives me more energy, better concentration, and more productivity than I ever thought possible. Don't waste another day in that generic chair that you've been using. And I got one, I have to admit, from one of these office stores. It broke. Then I got another one from one of these office stores. I paid a lot of money. It broke. And it didn't give my back the support that I want either. So don't keep doing that. Get an X chair and feel the difference. In fact, if you own a small business, you should get them for the entire office. And see how much your employees appreciate them and how productive they become as a result. So here's a special deal just for my listeners. And I'm quite serious about it. It's exclusive to you. Go to xchairlevin.com right now. That's xchair, L-E-V-I-N, one word, dot com. Go there now. Get $100 off. That's xchairlevin.com. Or call the toll-free number, 1-844-4-X-CHAIR. 844 the number four, X-Chair. Now, X-Chair comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. So it's really an investment in your back, in your feet, in your legs, in your neck, in your tuchus. I'm telling you, you're going to love this chair just the way you love these other things that I talk about, like the Casper mattress and so forth. X-Chair is really the chair. Again, 30-day no questions asked, guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairlevin.com right now. Use code Levin Footrest, and you'll even get a free footrest. That's xchair, L-E-V-I-N, xchairlevin.com. Use the code Levin Footrest and get a free footrest. xchairlevin.com. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Well, let's see here. See if we have any people who disagree with me. Whenever I bring up this trade stuff, we get in these uh, these somewhat uh, intense battles on these things on trade. Tim, Spring Hill, Florida, the great WFLA. Go. Hi, Mark. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're going to manufacturing uh, electronics and things like that, and the the steel that's in a car. Let's say you want to recycle your car. They're going to give you three hundred bucks for the whole thing. Um, you melt it down. The steel is actually such a tiny portion of the car itself, and the aluminum for the wheels. That's about it. But but the materials. That, I noticed you didn't mention aluminum. 
Yeah, I said the aluminum in the wheels. Oh, oh there's aluminum. there's aluminum yeah. in the body of the car too, not just in the wheels. Yeah, but but it's the, the overall materials themselves. Cost what the what car, are the doors made out of? What are the doors made out of? You got a lot of plastic. A little bit of thin sheet metal in most of them. It's, yeah, it's, right. It's there's metal to give you there's the aluminum. There's aluminum. What are, what are the bumpers made out of, most of them? Well, those are mostly polymer blocks now. <laughs> yeah. really no, the, the, the cabin of an automobile can be steel. It can be aluminum. It can be some uh, alternative metal, but that's what it typically is. Go ahead. Yeah, but you look at your semiconductors, your batteries. All those things are made out of the country, not so much because we can't make them here. The EPA has taken a lot of these products and pushed them out of the country just because of the chemicals and the, the the hassle of trying to make some of that stuff here. If you go to a manufacturing plant and want a circuit board made, the water coming into the plant is dirtier than the EPA says. Let's be honest. It's easier to buy them from undeveloped countries, isn't it? What's that? It's easier to buy them from undeveloped countries or, or quasi-developed countries in Far East Asia, as an example. Yeah, yeah it's just a hassle. Like a semiconductor plant, it, it, it takes five Okay, so let's take, let's take your example. So if we need balanced trade, and yet we need these, these elements in an automobile that, that we purchase from overseas, what's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen to the I'm, price I'm, of an automobile? When we cut the hassle... On the American companies, I think this. But oh, we're not going to cut the hassle. The progressives have won. Yeah, well, it's, it's got to be on that. And so, and so the dollar follow the dollars is the consumer's dollar, and it's going to follow the best price in most cases, isn't it? Right. Well, you, you look at a semiconductor that's completely automated. That plant costs the same to run in China as it does in America, but they won't let them build them here. Okay, not- okay, but I'm a consumer. I still need to buy it. Where am I going to go? Right, but but a tiny a tiny tariff on the steel and the aluminum isn't going to affect the. It's overall not a cost tiny tariff, sir. Twenty five percent on steel and ten percent on aluminum is not a tiny tariff. Nice try. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from, from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, uh, Something very interesting has occurred, ladies and gentlemen. The New York Slimes has it, of course, because it is the recipient of endless number of leaks. And uh, former acting FBI director Andrew McCabe. You know, before I get to this article, I want to tell you something that I finally figured out. Am I? I think my daughter is going to be shocked by this. Uh, my daughter, my son-in-law, my two grandchildren, our two grandchildren, were here uh, for a few days. And over the weekend, we went to a nice Virginia town called Middleburg. It was very uh, quiet there. There weren't many people there because it was Memorial Day weekend. I guess people were somewhere else, obviously. So we go into this little sandwich place because that's what they have there, little sandwich places. And um, I saw some guy sitting there at one of the small tables inside. He was talking to another guy. 
and I couldn't place his face, but I said, I've seen this face before. And so, you know, I'm going in, I'm helping with the grandkids. I went in again to get them their stuff, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I'm looking out of the corner of my eye, you know. And he's deep in talk with some other guy. Then, of course, I come back, come home, and minding my own business, and then Monday rolls around, and Andrew McCabe is in the news, and I looked at the picture. It was him. It was Andrew McCabe. The uh, former deputy director of the FBI, of course, who's been referred to uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office for possible prosecution. It's neither here nor there. It's just kind of weird that I couldn't place the guy until I actually saw him again. Anyway, let's get back to the subject, shall we? The former acting FBI director, Andrew McCabe, wrote a confidential memo last spring. They did a lot of that over there at the FBI, one's trying to cover one's ass. Recounting a conversation that offered significant behind-the-scenes details on the firing of Mr. McCabe's predecessor, James Comey, according to several people familiar with the discussion. Mr. Comey's firing is a central focus of the special counsel's investigation, which is really stupid. If that's a central focus, that's hilarious. Into whether President Trump tried to obstruct the investigation into his campaign's ties to Russia. Uh, Mr. Producer, haven't we been told now for the last 48 hours that this investigation, uh, just like the spying that took place, really had nothing to do with the Trump campaign and everything to do with the Russians? It gets very confounding, very confusing. Mr. McCabe has turned over his memo to the special counsel, Mr. Mueller. All right. Now, in this document, whose contents have not been previously reported, Mr. McCabe described a conversation at the Justice Department with the Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein, in the chaotic days last May after Mr. Comey's abrupt firing. Mr. Rosenstein played a key role in the dismissal, writing a memo that rebuked Mr. Comey over his handling of an investigation into Hillary Clinton. But in the meeting in the Justice Department, Mr. Rosenstein added a new detail. Now, this again is according to McCabe's memo. He said the president had originally asked him to reference Russia in his memo. The people familiar with the conversation said Mr. Rosenstein did not elaborate on what Mr. Trump had wanted him to say. Mr. McCabe, to Mr. McCabe, rather, that seemed like possible evidence that Mr. Comey's firing was actually related to the FBI's investigation into the Trump campaign's ties to Russia. And then Mr. Rosenstein helped provide a cover story by writing about the Clinton investigation. How would this memo leak out? Wouldn't the author of the memo probably have something to do with it? I don't know this for a fact. Maybe that was the meeting in Middleburg, Virginia. I have no idea. No idea. One person who was briefed on Mr. Rosenstein, was this written by a guy or a woman? Matt Apuzo, Adam Goldman, and Michael Schmidt. Mr. Producer, will you Google those people and see if you can send me a picture of them? Holy mackerel. (laughs) Let's see. But in the meeting at the, uh, here we are. One person who was briefed on Mr. Rosenstein's conversation with the president said Mr. Trump had simply wanted Mr. Rosenstein to mention that he was not personally under investigation in the Russia inquiry. Mr. Rosenstein said it was unnecessary and did not include such a reference. Mr. Trump ultimately said it himself when announcing the firing. Let me ask you a question, folks. And I know I do this a lot here. 
Has there ever been a leak to the New York Times about any of this that has actually helped the president of the United States? You, you see my point? Has there ever been a leak from a source, anonymous or otherwise, or somebody briefed on this, that, or the other, which is really a, 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 a revelation that is useful to the president of the United States, helpful to the president of the United States in this matter? I don't believe so, but if so, they're few and far between. Doesn't that tell you all you need to know about the Holocaust-denying New York slimes? In conversations with prosecutors, oh, well, I guess the prosecutors are leaking, Shep. Mr. Trump's lawyers have cited Mr. Rosenstein's involvement in the firing of Mr. Comey as proof that it was not an effort to obstruct justice, according to people familiar with the president's legal strategy. That argument has only made Mr. Rosenstein's position even more peculiar. He oversees an investigation into the president who points to Mr. Rosenstein's own actions as evidence that he's innocent. Well, the New York Slimes has finally caught up with us. You see, Mr. Rosenstein should have recused himself a long time ago. Oh, but when we bring it up, it's a diversion. It's a conspiracy. When the New York Times brings it up, they bring it up to condemn Trump. And Mr. Rosenstein could have the final stay on whether that argument is merit. The people who discussed the meeting and the memo did so on the condition of anonymity because they're not authorized to publicly discuss matters, but it doesn't matter. Felonies all over the place. Leaks about ongoing investigations all over the place. Who does that help and serve? Well, of course, the anti-Trump forces. Mr. McCabe was fired in March after finding he was not candid in an, in in an internal uh, investigation. Mr. McCabe has said the firing was a politically motivated effort to discredit him as a witness in the special counsel investigation. Yeah, that's that's right. That's why the inspector general of the Department of Justice, appointed by uh, Barack Obama, uh, recommended his uh, his removal and uh, criminal referral because he's political, you see. I've talked with Director Mueller about this. Mr. Rosenstein told the Associated Press last year he's going to make the appropriate decisions if anything that I did winds up being relevant to his investigation then, as Director Mueller and I discussed. There's need from me to recuse. I will. This is so weird. You know, uh, Rosenstein worked for Mueller when Mueller was heading the public integrity section of the criminal division. Did you know that? Years and years ago. It's so weird. He picks Mueller, which is ridiculous. Removing Mr. Rosenstein from the investigation, though, would only add uncertainty to the process. Oh, okay. Now comes their defense. He's regarded even among critics as a bulwark against an effort by Mr. Trump to fire Mr. Mueller and shut down the investigation. How is he a bulwark against that? If Trump wants to fire Mueller, he'll fire Mueller. Mr. McCabe's memo reflects the FBI's early efforts to discern Mr. Trump's intentions in firing Mr. Comey, an effort that continues today. So the FBI's early efforts to figure out why the president fired Comey, guess what? It's none of their damn business. He can fire whomever he wants. It's not obstruction of justice. He's the president of the United States. He is the executive branch. None of these inferior numbskulls are even mentioned in the United States Constitution. We don't have all these independent agencies and departments, independent of the rest of the government, independent of the president of the United States which means left wing. 
And then it goes on mumbo jumbo. So their great revelation here is uh, to try and tie Trump to Russia. But of course, we know the original counterintelligence investigation had nothing to do with Trump or his campaign because Trey Gowdy told us. And they keep leaking this stuff, trying to take out Trump. This adds nothing to the story. Zippo. If Trump had said openly, of course I fired Comey because the way he's conducting the investigation with Russia. That's perfectly fine, constitutionally, legally. And he'd be right on the merits, based on the meeting that Comey had with Trump in which he withheld so much information about their Russia-slash-Trump campaign investigation. But it doesn't matter, you see, folks, because Trump and the campaign were never really under investigation, after all. All right, we'll be right back. Mark Lovin. a uh, photo of these different New York Times reporters. Matt Apuzo. No, didn't look like that guy. Hold on. I'm pulling up with Mr. Producer called me. This is uh, McCabe in uh, Middleburg, Virginia. No, it doesn't look like Adam Goldberg. Hello, Adam. Uh, one more. Let's see here. Does it look like this guy? Uh, no. Doesn't look like Michael Schmidt either, so whoever he was meeting with, that is McCabe and Middleburg, where I noticed him. Um, <clears throat> but I said I didn't know who it was till after the fact. It does not look like it was either any of the three uh, New York Slimes reporters, as a matter of fact. By the way, we have a great guest at the bottom of the hour, don't we, Mr. Producer? Steve Lonigan, right? Steve Lonigan is a friend of mine, he's a friend of the family. But even more importantly, to the people in New Jersey, he's running in a Republican primary to be the nominee uh, for the congressional seat in the New Jersey 5th Congressional District. And I was watching a little TV there, and his opponent, I can't remember his name, was it, what's his, what's his opponent's name? Forget his name. Just these vicious, vicious ads. And the jackass wants to come on my show. No, no, pal. McCann is his name. I'm not required to put you on this show, and I'm not putting you on this show, unless you want to be eviscerated. So Lonigan is a solid conservative. He's been a solid conservative his entire life. Uh, many of you know who he is, even though many of you are outside of New Jersey. Most of you are outside of New Jersey. You know who he is. He's been on before. Uh, but he's been a solid Reaganite Trump supporter from day one. He ran against Cory Booker, and he gave him a good run for the money, considering how little actual support he got from certain segments of the Republican Party. So this is a Republican, or was a Republican district, had a re wonderful Republican congressman. So Lonigan's running in the Republican primary. This guy comes in, he's spending a fortune just smearing the hell out of him. Smearing the hell out of him. Now let me tell you something. My social sites, Mark Levin Show, Facebook, Mark Levin Show, Twitter, I own them. They're my sites. They're not the company's sites. They're not the company's sites. I can put whoever up there I want to, support whomever I want to. So, you know, I gave this a lot of thought, but I decided, no, I can't just sit by and watch this, this injustice. I'm a Lonigan supporter. I am endorsing him as I have in the past. 
and I hope the people of New Jersey will turn out on Tuesday and vote for him. And you know what? These off-year elections, a handful of votes make a difference. If you go out and you bring your family members and friends, he'll win. Just the way our buddy Chip Roy, who I haven't heard from since he won his uh, Republican primary, uh, won his primary in Texas, the 21st district there. So, you know, we're cherry-picking here and there, trying to do the best we can with people I actually know and know quite well, as opposed to, uh, you know, anybody who sends us an email. So don't send us emails, please. Trevor, Portland, Oregon, the great KUFO. KUFO, go. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, March of this year, uh, when the FISA warrant memo was released, I printed it off, took it to work, read it. I heard that afternoon that uh, Senator Wyden was going to be doing a town hall at a high school. So I wrote down a question, figured I'd go ask him a question. Uh, Got a raffle ticket. I was the first guy called, and we're very liberal here in Portland. no, you no, no kidding. Liberals, uh, Portland's very liberal. Who the hell knew? Go ahead. Uh, okay, I said, are you at all bothered or concerned that a citizen's rights were violated in an effort to spy on a presidential candidate? And I was talking about Carter Page and President Trump, and he didn't answer the question, so I take that as a no. He's not bothered. And I said, in that memo, Andy McCabe is is uh, testified before Congress. That if it weren't for that Steele dossier, the FISA warrant would, would not have been issued. That's so right. they don't care that Americans are spied on. They don't care about the rule of law. They'll do what they want. So he and, didn't He didn't respond, is your so, point. He was non-responsive. He, okay. His response was they're not going to sweep this Russian investigation under the rug, that they're going to find out the truth. Wow. So I take that and, we, and we can rely on Wyden to do that, can't we? Pardon me? Pardon me? All right. Thanks for your call, sir. He's uh, very busy there. He's not doesn't have the phone up to his ear. My point is this. He really wanted to get bothered to the Russian investigation. He would be investigating, among others, Hillary Clinton and her campaign, the DNC, his own party. But he would never do that. See, I have no problem with getting to the bottom of Russia's interference in our elections. My problem is the Democrats don't want to get involved in the Democrat Party, the Obama administration, that is the federal government's interference in our election. And that is a grave threat to this republic. He has no interest in it, Wyden. None. By the way, what a bizarro that guy is. Absolute bizarro. And for you kids out there, if a weirdo like him can be elected to the Senate, anyone can. So look up. You know, you never know. Sarah... Uh, where's Sarah from? The damn computer just shut down. Oh, there it is. Sarah from Phoenix, Arizona, XM Satellite. Go. Hi, Mark. I'm so glad you have discussions on these tariffs. They make me so nervous. And people can claim they're small tariffs, but first of all, they don't work in the past. What about subsequent more liberal administrations? Well, and- let's, let's slow down a minute. If the tariffs are small, then why put them in place? The guy, the guy who called was uh, was just a, was a mouthpiece. He was just uh, going on and on about uh, well, there's only little metal in cars and so forth. The car's not all plastic. It's not all rubber. There's too much plastic and rubber. But the cage is not plastic and rubber. We all know that. The axles are not plastic and rubber. Uh, but it's not just cars. Look at your refrigerator, your dishwasher, your wa- your washing machine, your dryer. You can go on and on and on if you really start thinking about it. Your air conditioning system, your the uh, the ductwork and 
Again, go on and on and on, and those prices are going to go up, and they're going to go up to you. Why I called in because those prices will go up, and they, that will play out politically. Whether people are politically aware and understand why the prices went up or not, it will play out politically. China or whoever is impacted is not going to go. Oh, what a disappointment! Our profits are going to be. It's down. not China. It, China is. Not, this has nothing to. These are tariffs that are being placed on um, imports of these products, uh, raw materials mostly from uh, Mexico, Canada, and the European Union. And you know what they're saying? We're going to strike back. So in addition to having uh, higher prices domestically for anything that's made of these products, you're going to see certain industries, including small industries in this country, that are going to be adversely affected by their tariffs. And their people don't benefit from it either. This is why we don't believe in the Bernie Sanders notion of protectionism slash socialism. It's one thing if it's a national security issue where you're dealing with China or Russia or North Korea or Iran or Cuba and so forth. It's quite another quite another when you're dealing with all these other countries. I'll be right back. Do you ever talk back to your radio? Then you must be listening to Mark Levin. Pick up the phone and call 877-381-3811. You know, during this Memorial Day week, most of you will take some time to reflect on the greatness of this nation and how we owe so much to, of it to over one million men and women who've died while serving the United States Armed Forces. All patriotic citizens like you will always remember those sacrifices that brought us our freedom. You know, all year long at CRTV, we do our best to honor all those who serve and those who have served in the U.S. Armed Forces by being a strong, steady voice for American liberty, and that includes supporting the armed forces. Now, to help show our respect, we're offering all veterans and all active military a $30 discount off your first CRTV annual subscription. Now, the annual subscription is normally $99. That means for you, it's $69 a year. That works out to be less than $6 a month. A month. Not only will you get to watch every episode of Levin TV, and we have a great one tonight, by the way, you'll also get to watch shows from hosts like Phil Robertson, Stephen Crowder, Michelle Malkin, Andrew Welkow, and many more. Now, this offer doesn't go away after this week or a month or even after this year. It'll be there for you whenever you decide to give CRTV a try, but I want to strongly encourage you to give it a try now. These are tumultuous times. These are very challenging times. And now's the time to jump in with our large and increasing conservative community of patriots. Now's the time. You know, Father's Day's coming up, too. Again, it's the perfect time. To find out more, give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV, and mention CRTV's military discount. It's a toll-free number. Our folks are there right now. They'll show you how easy it is to get all set up. And I'll tell you what else, Levin TV and our other folks, sanity, sanity. That's what you'll be watching. They'll say, finally, there's a place I can go. It reinforces my patriotic beliefs. Call 844-LEVIN-TV or go to CRTV.com. Make sure you mention the military discount. Steve Lonigan is running for Scott Garrett's old seat, and I believe it's the New Jersey 5th Congressional District. 
I've endorsed him about 10 minutes ago. He doesn't even know it. Steve Lonigan, how are you, sir? Mark, thank you so much. For, yes, I do know it, and I am truly honored to have, have you endorse. Your endorsement is the most important I've had yet. And uh, this is truly, in the general election, going to be a conservative versus liberal battle. Uh, you were also a great supporter of Scott Garrett, who was a terrific congressman, but Mark lost in an extremely close race two years ago, or, well, a year and a half ago, in a district where I defeated Cory Booker in that big Senate battle in 2013, in which you played a big role. We had that unbelievable rally with Sarah uh, down in, um, in New Egypt racetrack. Mm-hmm. I lost the state to Booker, but I won the 5th District. And, it's- and, and by the way, Steve Lonigan, you did far better than anybody said you would do, all the experts. Uh, we did far better, even with the government shutdown, Mark, that choked us for the last two weeks of that campaign. Mm-hmm. If you remember, government was shut down on October 1st. My election was October 16th. Government reopened about 30 minutes after the polls closed. That was a big setback for us. We were outspent 6-1. to one. I still beat Cory Booker in the 5th Congressional District, and the incumbent Josh Gottheimer is no Cory Booker. Mark, this guy is parading around the district, acting like he's some sort of moderate Democrat. He calls himself a problem solver. Now, you talk about this on your show all the time, because I listen all the time, how you have these Democrats that come into their districts and they say and act one way, but when they go to Washington, D.C., they vote exactly the opposite. This is case in point right here. This guy's voting with uh, Nancy Pelosi 85 to 90 percent of the time. He wants to repeal the Republican tax cuts. But most important, Mark, he's 100 percent with our new far, far left wing governor, Phil Murphy, on raising New Jersey taxes, one point seven billion dollars, repealing the Republican tax cuts. And one of his biggest spokesmen, a guy named the name of Donald Skaransky, publicly said three weeks ago that we need to repeal the Second Amendment to the Constitution. I asked for Gottheimer's response. I heard crickets. You've seen this before. I've seen this before. I have the benefit of running in a district where I beat Cory Booker, where I was a mayor for 12 years, where I have a winning record, where Donald Trump won. And his numbers are better now, and the economy is doing much better. Um, so we're now, on you're, now, now you're running in this Republican primary. There's two of you, correct? And I have to say, I watched some of these ads, and I was very disgusted by what was about what was being said about you. Um, my uh, my opponent, Mark, worked for the Bergen County Democrat Sheriff, the biggest pro-amnesty, pro-sanctuary state sheriff in the state of New Jersey. He was his right hand man up until uh, September of last year, when he dropped, he left his job to run as a Republican in this primary on election night, two thousand sixteen. He was at the Democrat victory party with Josh Gottheimer and with uh, the Democrat sheriff. I, I, need I say more? I mean, we've seen this before. Um, this is slowing me down. It's, make, it, it's hurting my fundraising. We will win on Tuesday. But, you know, Mark, this is no mistake. Um, it's designed to slow me down, but nothing's going to stop us from winning this district. Okay, so the election is Tuesday. When do the polls open and close? Do you know? The election is Tuesday. The polls open at 6 a.m. Um, my website is lonigan.com. That's L-O-N-E-G-A-N, Mark. Lonigan.com. People can go there. They can read about the issues, obviously. And, you know, I have had a very consistent, almost 24-year record as a mayor, as an activist, when I was at Americans for Prosperity for almost 10 years. 
um, as a candidate and standing up for conservative principles in a state where that mm-hmm. can be very, very hard to do, as you know. Um, but this is one of the most conservative districts in the Northeast, the most conservative in the state of New Jersey. I'm confident in the voters of this district that they want conservative leadership, not some liberal Republican or some so-called moderate problem-solving Democrat. We know that's a farce, uh, representing them in Washington. All right. Well, I want to encourage people Tuesday, please don't forget, these are low turnout off-year. It's not an off-year, but these are low turnout elections in these primaries. And it's crucially important that people show up. Very important. All right. right good luck. Again. Thank yep. you, Mark. Very no, no, no. Give, it, hold on, give me the website again. Lonegan.com, L-O-N-E-G-A-N.com. Mark, Josh Gottheimer, the Democrat, has raised over $3 million. I've been forced to spend money in a primary unnecessarily. So I'm going to have to raise a ton of money, and I'm going to do it the hard way. And I am getting donations from across this entire country. I have over 3,000 donors, some great conservatives' names that you know from across America, which is fabulous. Um, But it's going to be a long, hard road ahead, and I intend to fight very hard, and I intend to win. All right, Steve Lonigan, we wish you all the best. And again, my strong endorsement to Steve Lonigan, who is the real conservative, who he's demonstrated it over a course of decades in a very tough state, New Jersey. And I hope you folks in the 5th Congressional District will vote for him in the Republican primary. All right. Let's take a few calls here. I'm pulling it up. Wow. The call screen actually came up, Mr. Producer. Michael, Savannah, Georgia, the great WTKS. Go. Hey, Mark. Hey, uh, I, I just wanted to say that, you know, when Trump does these tariff things, it make, it used to make me nervous, and, and I'm not for the tariffs or anything like that, but he does sometimes telegraph what he's going to do, I think. And I don't think he has any real interest in putting those tariffs on stealing a Sir, the tariffs take place at midnight tonight. And I get that, but I think the whole premise of that is if you, like the like the last week or two, him and his administration have been talking about prescription drugs. And if you look at these countries like Canada, Mexico, UK, all these countries, we subsidize all their prescription drugs. We, Sir, they, sir let's, let, let's listen to me a second. If the goal here is to get even, who subsidizes what? We subsidize our sugar industry. Are you aware of that? We subsidize our mushroom industry. We have 20,000 tariffs on American products. Are you aware of that? 20,000 tariffs on American products. My goal isn't, you know what? Uh, these guys over here in Canada, they do this, they do that. Do you want to live a free, in a free country? Do you want to live I'm in a prosperous you. country? But it's, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to the whole audience. You want to live in a country where tariffs are the exception, both the tariffs we put in place and the tariffs other countries put in place? You're never going to have an absolute uh, uh, level playing field. You don't have it when it comes to the military. You don't have it when it comes to your job situation. You don't have it when it comes to sports. It's an absurd idea to hold out there a a paradisiacal kind of a model out there when you're never going to have it. Now, the way you really want to control really want to control um, the uh, balance of uh, trade is you have to control the people. Tariffs are a way to try and control you, to try and control what you can afford. That's what tariffs are. I don't believe the president knows this. I believe he has a couple of Svengali's around him telling this stuff, the wrong stuff, but that's what it's about. Federal, central government control over a big chunk of the economy, telling people 
what they should buy and how much they should buy and what kind of price they should pay. And it always is a matter of costs going up. Those tariffs that you pay, that 25% on steel and the, and the unused product that you have, on aluminum and the unused product you have, goes in the federal treasury. It empowers the central government. It empowers the bureaucracy. It empowers the politicians. It goes out of your pocket right into the government. That's what it does. It's not make America first. It makes big government even bigger. Anyway, go right ahead. No, I agree with you 150%. I really do. Yeah. It's just that, that I, I, no, I, I, everything you just said is absolutely factual and true. I just don't think that that's what he's after. I think he's just after, hey, can you pay a little bit more for these prescriptions? Well, if drugs? that's what he's after, we're about to find out. It's, uh, they're in place in a little over three hours. Thanks for your call, my friend. This is what I get all the time, isn't it, Rich? It's a negotiating ploy. All the time. It's a negotiating ploy. And the fact of the matter is the, uh, the tariffs on lumber are still on lumber. If you're building a house, you're paying more for the house. If you're buying lumber for anything, you're paying more for lumber. Now, all of us aren't in the middle of buying a new house or using lumber, but there are people who are, and they're paying a price for it. And the government's getting richer as a result of it. I'm just pointing it out. If tariffs are so great, then we need more of them, and we need a lot more of them. Tariffs are a tax, like a VAT tax, like a sales tax. But they call it a tariff and wrap it up in the American flag, and then all of a sudden you're cheering for it. Don't be fooled by this. Don't be fooled by this. This isn't how you make the American economy bigger. This isn't how you create growth. This isn't how you create wealth with American families. It's not how you create entrepreneurs and jobs. It's how you subsidize old companies and old industries that don't want to change or can't change, quite frankly. Let's see. Let us go to Timothy in Lilburn, Georgia, I think it is. Sirius Satellite, how are you? Hey, Mark. How are you tonight? I'm great. Thank hey, you. Hey, well, I thank want you. to validate your point that the tariffs are terrible for the end consumer and the manufacturers. I don't mm-hmm. see that it helps anybody, um, but I am an American manufacturer, and we have a hard time finding resellers in Canada and Australia um, mm-hmm. simply because of the tariffs and the fees. And so even when we sell full retail, we're online business, when we sell full retail, when they go pick it up at the post office or when they get it, they have to pay a tariff and a fee on our products as well. And it's not metal. It's, it's uh, off-road products. For people that ride, you know, ATVs and side by sides. So Trump. Didn't there, there's talk. almost no product that we buy or sell that doesn't have a tariff on it. Are you aware of that? Ridiculous. It hurts. It, it hurts us as a manufacturer. And, yes, um, it is ridiculous. So, yeah, and Trump didn't start it. It's been around for a long time, and hopefully, he's. I, I hope it doesn't go to where it gets worse and worse and worse. I hope it is a negotiating point where he can maybe get some of these countries to lower their tariffs. So. Mm-hmm. Our manufacturers can do better, and also the consumers. Uh, where, where no, you're quite right. You know, it's a funny thing about capitalism. It's created the richest country on the face of the earth. Right. And, the- and tariffs and central control uh, have created the poorest countries on the face of the earth. And I don't like these Bernie Sanders policies uh, that are adopted by the president, and all of a sudden we're supposed to support them. And why am I the only conservative who's talking up against these tariffs? There are a handful of others. Uh, on radio, and the reason is they don't want to hurt their ratings because they think this is anti-Trump. It's not anti-Trump. We're having a dispute 
over a policy, a position the president has taken. I'm not out to sabotage the president. I don't want to remove from office. He is no bigger defender than I when it comes to the Constitution and his family and a number of the other wonderful decisions that he's made. But when it comes to tariffs, he's just dead wrong, in my humble opinion. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, here's what I love about Simply Safe. They obsess over details like no other home security company. And here's an example. Simply Safe has a camera that you can control from your phone. But they want to protect your home and your privacy. So they came up with this brilliant idea, a privacy shutter for the camera. Now Simply Safe wanted you to be able to hear the shutter click so you know it's closed. They wanted it to have a light on it so you could easily tell when it's on. And they needed it to work for the entire lifespan of your system. Now, so Simply Safe got to work testing different metals and hinge designs for months and months. The result, an effective home security camera with a thin, lightweight aluminum privacy shutter that works every time. It's that kind of attention to detail that sets Simply Safe apart from the other guys and keeps your family safe. It's home security done right. Get 10% off your system today at simplysafemark.com. That's 10% off, but you got to go to simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com. And don't forget, tomorrow morning at some point, I will be on Fox and Friends. And they are my friends. That's a good show. I like those people a lot. Can you imagine being on the morning schmo with these dire, depressing, low IQ people? Sitting there maybe with a plagiarist, sitting there maybe with a sexual hurry. You know, you never know what's, uh, what's surrounding you. All right, we have to move quickly. Uh, let us go to Donna, Frederick, Maryland. Quickly, go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. I just wanted to say one of the things that I love about when you discuss economics is many people don't remember the Reagan years and what that stood for, and how it represents capitalism. And I just want to say to people out there, if you have any doubt about all this taxation nonsense, do some research. Mark can tell you all about it. It's, it was, these were the best years for this country, and we don't need more taxes. We need more economic drivers. And I hope Larry Kudlow is listening, because that's, this is huge. And it's going to affect everybody if, if it's and, not. And by the way, Donna, they'll point to a couple of tariffs Reagan put in place, very targeted tariffs on semiconductors, on Harley-Davidson, maybe one or two other things. There's 20,000 tariffs in place right now. But Reagan would never have applied across-the-board tariffs on, on, uh, on major industries uh, with allies, like with Canada and so forth. He just wouldn't have done it. He didn't do it. Look into that and change it. We, we cre- he, he created, he, meaning of the economy, uh, with his leadership, 25 million jobs. We had quarterly GDP growth at times at over 7%. The last quarter here, it was 2.2%. Nobody's even talking about it. That creates jobs for Americans. That creates wealth for Americans. That improves the lives of Americans. That's what we want to do. 
If tariffs work, for crying out loud, then let's have more of them, and let's have them at a much higher rate. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Please check out Levin TV. God bless you all, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Be well.